Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. You know, we've been talking a little bit about uh, Colossians in the last few weeks. And uh, today is nothing different. If you open your Bibles to, to chapter 2. It's been a pretty interesting week, or an interesting few weeks. President Trump's decided that he wants to buy Greenland. I don't know if you've heard about that. Um, unfortunately, the, the, you know, the, the first legal assisted suicide happened in Australia in the last few weeks down in Victoria. There's the decriminalisation of abortion um, bill in the New South Wales Parliament at the moment that's being discussed. Amazing. Hong Kong's in turmoil. Australia had a glimpse or one hand on the Bledisloe Cup last Saturday night, and then uh, New Zealand closed the door with the greatest ever loss at Eden Park last night, unfortunately. Steve Smith retired hurt in the ashes last night. Didn't get to hit his third century in a row. The Sydney CBD got caught in a horrible attack this week by, by a young man who was obviously lost, and, and, and then three other young men and, and others... Um, detained him with a chair and a crate and some crazy acts of heroic heroicness to 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 stop this guy from doing anything anything else an amazing it's an amazing state we find the world in there's lots of great things happening there's some challenges and and I, I just want to encourage you this morning as we look at some doctrine in the book of colossians that um, the state of your life and the state of the world is always changing but in Christ, there's something that never changes. So let's just read from Colossians chapter 2. Verse 1, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. For as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty words, an empty principle, empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. This morning I want to talk some doctrine with you. Some basic doctrine in our faith. I want to talk about the doctrine of standing and of state. The doctrine of standing is this. Your standing is your legal position with Christ in the heavenlies. When you accept Christ as your saviour, you're adopted into, into the family of God, you have a new legal standing 
You're no longer looked at according to your behaviour. You're now looked at according to your relationship. You have a legal standing. You are united with Christ. You're united with him in his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his position next to the Father in the heavenlies. This is your standing. Verse 2, we just read, says, Attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to know the knowledge of the mystery of God. When You know, the riches... The riches, you know, of, of, you know, of, of God and our relationship with Him is actually in our standing. And this is your state. Your state is your actual condition on earth. Now, for us as believers, our state is the degree to which our position in Christ impacts our daily life. Sometimes we can have great standing, but Christ is not impacting our daily life very much because we're still allowing the state around us to influence our state and not our standing to challenge our state. I woke up this morning and I had a text message from Westpac Bank and they said, oh, we noticed at four o'clock this morning you spent two and a half thousand dollars on your credit card. Was this you? (laughs) So I asked Kristen what she was up to at four o'clock this morning. (laughs) And uh, supposedly it wasn't her, so I said, so I said it was fraud. And uh, anyway, so they, you know, they promptly rang me and cancelled, you know, cancelled the card and issued, reissued a new one. Amazing, amazing that they picked it up. But isn't it, isn't it? In one instant, you, can, you know, you can be walking along and your state or your environment can change, and you can allow, you know, you can allow your state to define your attitude, or you can allow your standing to define your attitude because you, the state around you is always going to change. Your health is going to change. You know, you've got um, Christian was talking to, to Graham and Sean about Graham's surgery and Graham says, I'm fine, pray for Sean that she'll be okay. You know what I mean? And, you, and you know, he's, you know he's, he's walking through a state but he's got such a standing that it defines his attitude. And I want to encourage you this morning that you are a people with good standing. You're a people with amazing standing. The state of the world, here's the thing, there's your state and then there's the state of the world. So you're, you can actually be in a, in a good state. You can actually have good things going on around you, but the state of the world is also to the degree of which Christ has impacted the world. Have you noticed countries, different countries around the world that, that declare themselves as Christian nations or not Christian nations? I believe there's only down to around three countries in the world that are saying that, that they are Christian nations. But the reality is nations that, that are based on the things of God have a lot better state of affairs than those that don't. Isn't it an interesting thing that the state of the world is in the same place as the state of us as individuals? Now, Paul's letter to the Colossians is it's built around this theme of standing in state. The first half of his letter is devoted to, do our, to our standing in Christ, which is what we're focusing on at the moment, and then the second half deals with our state on the earth. Now, let me just say this to you. We must always know who we are in Christ before we look at what we should do as Christians. And this is one of the great battles because there's this feeling of what I should do as a Christian, which is a, it's, a, it's actually a good thing. There are things that are great to do as a Christian, but we must make sure that we're not doing them to influence our standing, 
We're doing them because we are a people of standing. It's a very different way of doing it. We cannot earn an increment of God's favour. We must understand doctrine before we become people of duty. I think a lot of times when someone joins the church, we give them the duties of a believer. You must stop a, a, a plethora of things and, uh, and then you can become a member of this church. And God's saying, first you must accept a new standing and under the covenant that you have with me so that when you go and do anything, it doesn't define you. Your standing defines you. If we're not careful, we will look at our duty for proof of our standing. Have you ever done that? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge people on different things from time to time and every now and then a comment will come out, I've probably said it myself, but what about all the other things that I've done for you? What about everything else that I've done? Hasn't that given me good standing between us for our relationship for you to allow me to get away with whatever the current thing is? We do this with God, don't we? God wants us to, he wants us to not even, not consider the duties and the things that we do. He wants us to get so caught up in our standing that when we do something, it's for his glory and for his benefit, not for us to earn any increment of his favour. So what are some of the, what are some of the things? Look, let's look at, at our standing in Colossians. This is who we are because of, because of our standing. We are an heir, a fellow heir of God. We are citizens of heaven. We are redeemed. We're reconciled. The references are there. They're all there in those first two chapters. We're redeemed. We're reconciled and perfect. We're indwelt, indwelt by divine glory and we are complete in him. I don't know about your peace in life, but my peace tends to, tends to um, ebb and flow a lot of the time based on the state I'm in. Unfortunately, you know, grasping this concept of standing is, it's a, it's a nice concept, but we, we so walk, we so walk according to our state that we, we need a constant reminder. This message this morning is a reminder that you are a people of standing, not a people of state. You have a state and it's going to be different tomorrow than it is today. And I'm challenging you not to let your state disrupt your standing because your standing is what gives you the confidence, that gives you the authority to, to have a look at your behaviour well instead of looking at, at, at working your way back into favour, you're operating out of favour. It's a very different concept. And there is a place of unbroken peace with God. It's not based on your merits in any way or form, but solely on the merits of Christ. Now, this is freedom. You ready? Whether my life is average or whether it's amazing, I know that Christ perfectly pleases the Father. Christ perfectly pleases the Father. And that the joy God has in Jesus he now finds in me. This is standing. Ephesians 1.6 says this, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted, where? In the beloved. He's been, he's, we have been made accepted in the beloved. Who's the beloved? Jesus. When you went, saw when Jesus was baptised, what did God say? This is my beloved son 
in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved. Who's the beloved? Jesus is the beloved. So now we can become so satisfied with Christ's worth that we can give ourselves permission to reject the thought of presenting our own worth to God. This is one of the great battles of life is I'm, I'm constantly trying to present my worth or I, or I feel terrible because of my lack of worth. None of these things can, can bring a, a, an acceptance from God. My goal is to become so satisfied with Christ's perfection with Christ's validity, with Christ's worth, that I understand that I am fully accepted in him, in Christ. There's, an, there's, a, there's a, you know, the, the, the whole concept of, of the book of Colossians is this concept of in Christ. I encourage you over the next few, few weeks to, to have a good read of this book and allow it to do business with your heart and with your mind. Because it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's time, church. It's time to release the feeling that we need to work our way back into God's favor. We're always trying so hard to work our way back into favor, and you know, when when you when we when we discipline our children, when we dis, when you know when when your when your boss challenges you in an area of your behavior, you know, there's this instant idea that I'm now out of favour and need to work my way back into favour. It doesn't work like that with God, does it? God says, you're, you're a son and you're a daughter. Favour is, is automatic. Now what I'm encouraging to you to do today is to operate out of my favour, not to get into my favour. And your favour is your standing. So you hold your head up high. You know, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's important for us to walk around with our head held high, not because of pride, not because of, not because, because we're not people who look at our navel, who look at the ground. We are people who look from our position in Christ, seated in the heavenlies. We don't scan this moment. We look across and we say, wow, what are you up to, Lord? How can I get in, how can I get in tune with your will today? And because of this standing, you have an immovable right to speak and act under Christ's authority. And that's how we defeat sin. That's how we defeat the behavioural issues, because we, we, we look at our behaviour from a place of standing. We don't look at our standing from a place of behaviour. Verse 4, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am absent in flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And the great deception is that your state defines your standing. You can be in, you can be in a challenging relationship with someone. You can have an issue with someone who's close in your life and, and, and it changes the state but it's very important for the well-being of community and relationship that it doesn't affect the standing that you have with each other. And this is what God shows us so well. He, he shows us, well, here's, here's the battle though, because when you sin or do anything that puts something between you and God, you feel ashamed. And shame is the natural 
It's the human natural response to sin. Whenever we do something that we know is, is outside of God's will or God's heart, we feel shame attached to us. So in our state, we feel the shame and then we identify with it. And this is the battle. And as soon as, as soon as we identify with our shame, we are heading down a very different path. And we've got all this standing with God, but we're walking in an identity that's got nothing to do with our standing. And I can see as we've got this amazing standing and we, and we meet, you know, we meet Christ on that amazing day and he says, why were you walking that path? You were with, I was with you the whole time. You had good standing the whole time, but you allowed a moment to define your identity instead of your standing to define your identity. Our standing is in Christ. Romans 8.1 there is therefore now no condemnation. There's no shame to those in Christ Jesus. You might feel it. You might experience it because of the moment. That's the human response to it. But there is actually no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according. Who do not walk according. According means you, you walk to a different standing. You don't walk according to the law of sin and death. You walk according to the law of the Spirit. So even though you may fall and feel ashamed, you still keep walking according to the standard that you have, not according to the state that you are in. This is the liberty of the gospel. You can fall. You can feel ashamed. You can make a mistake, but you still have the understanding. You need to plaster it on your wall that there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. You can fail and still have great standing. And then you operate out of your standing. And then guess what? If you continue to operate out of your standing, you begin to fall less. You begin to get free. And you're not, earned, you're not earning anything because of your behavior. You are, you are having great behavior because of your standing. Let's get it around the right way, church. We don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, our new standing, has made me free from the law of sin and death, which is our old standing. This is who we are, church. This is what I want you to grasp this morning as a foundation, as a platform for you to live out on. Verse 6, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it, with thanksgiving. Here's a key. Get thankful for your standing, not for your state. Get thankful for your standing, not for your state. I had a win today, you know, my team had a win. You know, you know, I, I had a great, you know, it's, it's, it, the Bible says be thankful in all things. Let's make sure that the, the greatest platform of thanksgiving that we have is for our standing in him. If, you're, if your greatest version of thanksgiving, uh, thanks is, is there, is that it, what it does is it says I can have a good day or a bad day, but my standing is secure, it's solid, it's, it's complete, it's a rock, it's built on the rock. Get thankful for your standing and remind your state that it is not your identity. And we get this when we're having a bad day. But when we're having a great day, 
when we're having a great year, when we're having a great life and things are grand and the, the bank account's full and the relationships are fantastic and life's fun and, you know, we're on a grand adventure and we just talk to someone they get saved and we touch this person over here and they're healed and delivered and set free. Sometimes we can actually get caught thankful for the moment instead of for the standing. Thank you, Lord that in all things you are my rock. Thank you, Lord, that in all things, you know, my security is in my standing, not in what you're doing through me, which enables you to pray for someone for healing and you don't see anything in front of you happen potentially. And then what happens? Do you do, do you lose confidence in your standing or do you just submit it to God and say, Lord, I release this person to you for your will to be done? Lord, may their standing come into, into being. Sometimes we get disrupted even in our faith. God's saying, let's get centered, church. You know, I keep saying this to the team. You know, the church is, it, 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 it's not the center of your world. It's the place that you come to get centered. We need to go out of that door centered on Christ, reminded of who we are, reminded that, that we are, have a foundation on the rock, that whatever week we go out to, whatever your week looks like this week, it does not define you what defines you is the author and the finisher of the faith. Verse 8, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For here it is, For in, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Why doesn't the band jump up? In Christ you have standing, church. You are a fellow heir of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You are redeemed. You're reconciled and perfect. You are indwelt by divine glory. You are complete. Now, don't worry, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to challenge our state. We're going to challenge how we do life. But when we look at how we do life, let's make sure that it is, that there is, there's not an increment of earning in it. There's not an increment of earning some sort of connection to God. There, we are all operating out of our connection to God. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Let's be thankful, church. Let's be thankful for the great things that we have. Be thankful for, 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 the, for the fact that there is now, therefore, no condemnation. You know, some of us today, we need to establish some new standing. Some of us need to remind ourselves of our current standing. Sometimes we need to repent before the Lord and, and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I've allowed something other than you to define my standing. I've allowed my wealth. I've allowed my appearance. I've allowed my health. I've allowed my relationships to define my standing. Today, Lord, I repent of this and seek a renewal of my standing in my mind with you. Renew our minds today, Lord. That's our prayer. Some of you need to establish a new standing. And this morning I'd like to ask the whole church just to bow their head.
And I'd love it if we'd all pray this prayer together. Just repeat after me. God, our Father, I believe that out of your infinite love, you've created me. In a thousand ways, I have shunned your love. I repent of my sin. Please forgive me, Lord. Thank you for sending your son to die for me, to give me eternal life. And I choose this day to enter into covenant with you and to place Jesus at the center of my heart. I surrender to him as Lord over my whole life. I ask you now to flood my soul with the gift of your Holy Spirit so that my life may be transformed. Give me grace and courage to live as a disciple in your church for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your hope. We thank you, Father, for those people who prayed that prayer for the very first time today. Lord, we ask that your peace would reign in their hearts and that you would stir them in the direction of their new standing, Father. Father, for those of us who have allowed other things to define us, Lord, we come to you in repentance, Lord, and we seek the great rock of Christ once again, to define our aspect, our perspective of life in the world. We give you glory, Lord. We give you praise and we give you honour. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.